0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up this week, Avengers Infinity Wars breaks box office records on its opening weekend. The Disney Dream earns its 12th perfect score from a very important judge. And we're going to recap some of the rumors swirling around Walt Disney World uh, last month. Also, we're going to take a moment in this show to remember our good friend Bob Varley, who passed away 10 years ago on April 28th. So we're going to spend some time uh, remembering him. All that, coming up next, from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is The Diz Unplugged. This is The Diz Unplugged, episode 990, for the week of May 1st, 2018. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts in helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Do we
1: need to start again?
0: We <laughs> just have a do-over. Visit them on the web at <laughs> <laughs> www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com.
2: He shared that like nuclear codes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> I apologize. I did not, uh, before the show, I didn't write down what, the, uh, what episode number this was, so... While the intro was playing, I'm realizing that, and Craig is doing hand signals. I've um,
2: never seen him that animated.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. Hope you're having a good week. It is great to be with you. Um, I'm your host, Pete Warner, joined at the table this week, as always, by my good friends, John Magi. Hi, everybody. Kevin Close. Hi, everyone. Charles Boda. Hello. Steve Porter. Hello. And back in the production nook, our producer, Mr. Craig Williams. Hi. And associate producer, Mr. Rhino Clavin, Hello. And It is good to be here. Just uh, Some of us just got back from a week out in Disneyland, uh, which was always awesome, um, although some parts of it, a few couple parts of it weren't, but I'll get to that in a second. I uh, want to remind everybody uh, about the whole slate of shows that we produce every week. I'm not going to rattle them off, but you can head over to disunplugged.com and check out all of our shows, as well as youtube.com slash... Diz unplugged, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's episode the episode
2: Dr- nine ninety nine ninety.
0: Nine, <laughs> watching Craig try to sign language. <laughs> and Steve whisper, nine, nine, nine. <laughs> um, And of course, also the Dreams Unlimited Travel podcast youtube.com slash Dreams Unlimited Travel. You can check that out. Um, now, some of you who follow me on Twitter uh, were intrigued to know uh, what was behind a comment that I made while I was out in Disneyland where, uh, cover small ears, um, <laughs> where I said security at the at uh, the Grand Californian were a bag of dicks. Um, that seems to be my favorite expression to use when I have issues with security because I said the same thing about security at uh, D23. Uh, they're probably the same people. Um, and here's why. Um, If you've been out to Disneyland recently um, in the last six, eight months, um, then you'll know that if you are walking into the Grand Californian from off property, even from the Disneyland Hotel, if you're not going through downtown Disney, if you're just coming across the street, they have usually one or two security guards there. They will not let you in unless you have a room key, Um, which I understand To a degree, I think it's ridiculous, but okay. Um, In this instance, though, Charles, who was staying off-site, was coming to visit me. He had my name. He said, coming to visit a guest, and they were extraordinarily rude to him. So I had to come down and show my room key. And when I questioned them about it, why I had to come downstairs when he had my name, and they could easily have looked... Everybody around there walks around with a damn iPad anyway. They easily could have looked and seen, okay, that is a guest here. But they don't do that. Instead, when I questioned them about it, one of the security guards, I swear to God, said to me, well, there was a shooting in Las Vegas. Perhaps you've heard about it. Which I was like, oh, no, you didn't. Oh, no, you didn't. And I felt that, that feeling come over me where I'm about to go off. Fortunately, I walk away when when that when that feeling comes up now, and figured I'd much rather do it here. Um, and we've noticed this, and when I put that out on on Twitter, a lot of people responded back that they've also had experiences just like this. Now here's the thing. The customer service, the guest service at the at the Grand Californian, is amazing. But apparently, It stops at the lobby and doesn't extend down to the curb where these idiots were. Um, You're spending that much money. And and this happened uh, back in January when Steve and his wife uh, took an Uber from their hotel over to the Grand to see me and were turned away at the guard shack because they weren't registered guests. So apparently, if you're staying at the Disneyland Hotel, you're not allowed to have guests. That appears to be it unless your guests go through downtown Disney which is a pain if you're staying off site it really is if you're nearby if you're staying at the Paradise Pier you're staying at Paradise Pier or at the Disneyland Hotel you want to come walk over or you're staying at a resort in the Anaheim area that's walking distance and you come up that street apparently you're not allowed to come in that way um and while I understand security protocols, um, you know Charles had a good point. He's like, you know, the guy that did the shooting in Las Vegas was a guest of the hotel; he wasn't coming in to visit. Um, so I understand security. It's security theater. Um, they don't do this at the other two hotels. They don't do this at Paradise Pier, and they don't do it at Disneyland Hotel. Anybody can walk over there. Um, so it's. This, and, and I understand if you have to, you know, you have these security procedures, whatever, I can disagree with them, but I have to honor them. That doesn't mean you have to be a jerk to a guest about it. And the number of people on Twitter that, you know, kind of anecdotally gave me feedback saying, yep, I, same thing, same, same location, these security guys being jerks. Um, so, I think maybe it 's time for the uh, the powers that be at Disneyland to start paying attention to maybe some guest service training for these security guys because a lot of stories out there about them. Um, so that was what was behind that. I also mentioned that I was disappointed with the Disneyland Hotel, and that was not from a service standpoint. Um, I just felt that the experience wasn't as good as I've had in the past. Um, the line for check-in was about 30 minutes long. Um, there were lots of open spaces that they could have had cast members in. Um, I thought that was kind of a service failure, had some other service failures. I won't go into too many details cause it's not important, but it wasn't terrible. The room was beautiful. Um, Still love the rooms there, but now that they've changed the rooms at the Grand, that was my big complaint with the Grand Californian, was the rooms were really dark and dank and just did not feel like luxury rooms and you're paying a premium to be at the Grand. They've now redone those rooms and the rooms are stunning. So after my trip in January, I'm like, okay, I kind of like the Grand. After this trip, that was solidified for me because I will tell you the service inside the hotel second to none they are amazing they are fantastic so that was what was behind those those little comments i made on twitter
1: and i call bs to the whole security thing that it's for people's safety it's to stop people off site from cutting through the grand california to use Mm -hmm. that entrance to the park
3: they have a separate security entrance. Like one, of, one of the reasons for it was that it's the one that's attached to the park, so they need it. But they have a separate security that you have to go through from the hotel in the park. So you still have to clear park security. And if you want to stop people from
0: outside who are not guests going into the park through that entrance, then just ask them to show their, their room key at that security checkpoint going into California Adventure. Um, because in the morning, you have to do that. You have to do that. So I don't I, I agree with you. I think it is BS. I think there are other reasons. Um, I think they they just I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not sure what it is. But whatever it is, fine, if that's gonna be your procedure, that's your procedure. But you don't have to be jerks about it. And they were jerks. So that's that. That's all I have on that i I have some positive housekeeping, I guess
4: uh, so we were in Disneyland, as Pete was saying, but uh, you know, on the upside of things, we actually got a lot of people that were stopping to say hello while we were out there, mm-hmm. so it was just you know I started writing down some of the names because i I honestly couldn't believe the amount of people that were just very friendly enough to come over and say hi, so there was Jesse, who was a Disneyland cast member, Brandon from Las Vegas, there was Justin and his wife um. I couldn't hear their names, but the daughter was wearing a Ray shirt the same day I was, so clearly she's got great taste.
0: And then, Well, we, that just shows you that Rhino wears mm-hmm. women's clothing.
4: Well, we actually did learn that on this trip, too, when I met Elise who and her boyfriend, Robert, who Elise works at Pixar, and she was wearing the same Ewok shirt that I own that Craig has been telling me was a woman's shirt, and I guess I had that confirmed this weekend. <laughs> and I'm still going to wear it. And then um, there was also Sherelle and her wife, Haley, who... Um, I, I, Sherelle was saying, which was a nice compliment to Craig and Michael, that um, she just recently did an interview, and she was a big fan of connecting with Walt, and she used a lot of the information that she learned from that in her interview, and she got this job as an executive now, and she's going to start that job soon, so we just wanted to wish her the best of luck and you know all that. And then also to the New Englanders, Libby and Adam, who sent me a power line goofy movie blanket in the mail randomly that is the most amazing thing I've ever seen so I, thank you for that it was very thoughtful
2: really that's it that's the most amazing
4: oh it, this is like you I went love to these Italy blankets. You know, well, like, yeah, but you haven't been here and I talked about that before already so
0: this is the new most amazing thing uh, that was very passive aggressive you haven't been here and I've talked about that before <laughs> Not
1: really. no.
0: but while we're talking about people we met out in uh, California I want to give a shout out uh to a new friend I made, his name's Corey. Uh, he hosts a podcast, uh, No Midnight is what it's called. It's a Disney podcast, nomidnightpodcast.com is uh, is the URL. Uh, he works in radio out in Sacramento and he's got an amazing voice. I, have, I honestly I haven't listened to his show but I've kind of gotten to know him a little bit and he seems like a really great guy and he's really really invested in his show. So go check that out, nomidnightpodcast.com. Corey, you're welcome. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we met a ton of people out in, in California. It was yeah. really kind of crazy.
3: Yeah, the, um, just a couple additional shout-outs then. The last, I think it was the last day, maybe second to the last day, uh, we ran into one longtime listener a couple times named Danny. And then later on in the evening, we ran into uh, a listener named Johnny, who was a nice guy and we talked to him for a little while. So just to Danny and then separately to Johnny. No, it's good, good meeting you.
1: Just to
2: show that we're popular too. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. We, when there. we were in New York, this was the night before I became ill. And thank you to everyone who wrote to me. I'm fine. Um, I'm better. I'm fine. But we were coming out of. We went and saw Wicked. We had nothing to do Friday night. So we thought, let's go see Wicked. I don't know about any of you, but I'll go see Wicked anytime it's playing and anytime I can. I love Wicked. And I ran into a listener. And John was getting into our Uber and screaming at me, get in the car, get in the car. So I believe her name was Rachel. She was wearing a tutu and I believe it might have been her birthday. And I apologize for blowing you off. It wasn't my fault, it was John's fault.
0: So, Okay, if we're gonna make, I, I didn't get her name, but if we're gonna apologize to listeners, um, I, I got it to the woman who came up to me in the, uh, the, the lounge downstairs, the Hearthstone Lounge, at the Grand Californian at seven o'clock in the morning. I had just woken up, I was getting a cup of coffee, and she asked to take a picture with me. And for the first time in my life, I said, no. I said, I literally just got out of bed. And I felt terrible about it. Um, so I didn't get her name. I'm, I apologize. I really do. If I run into you again, I'm will. i I'm, I'm sorry.
2: That's how I felt. It was like, I'm sorry. I can't stay and talk. I got to get in this car. Because the car was holding up the rest of the traffic. So I apologize.
3: Well, if we're doing apologies. <laughs> to Man. the woman whose purse I stole. Oh, Stop. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> I have
2: another ever. housekeeping. Okay. Has nothing to do with an apology. Okay, good. Um, we have a December 2nd, 2018 Backstage Magic. It's a Diz exclusive. And up until recently, it was sold out. Due to Joe Rody agreeing to do a South African adventure, we have four open spaces. These folks didn't back four out.
0: Four rooms or four spaces?
2: Four spaces. It's okay. four people. Two rooms, two doubles, but Four can, singles, I could probably yeah, get. We can. But Besides I have it. four people. I can fit four people in. And it's because four people jumped ship and went, are going to South Africa with Joe Rody. So if you're interested, Kevin at Dreams Unlimited Travel, I can fill four more spots.
0: All right. Anything else in housekeeping? Any rants? Any apologies? <laughs> nope. All right. Then we'll move on to the news with Johnny.
1: All right. Our first news story. Avengers Infinity War. I'm going to check my email. Sets box office records with $630 million opening weekend. The debut weekend for Avengers Infinity War managed to out-earn projections and has now set records for both domestic and global ticket sales. The film brought in $258.2 million from North American theaters and over $380 million overseas. These numbers don't include Chinese ticket sales, as the film will not debut in that market until May 11th. Dave Hollis, president of worldwide theatrical distribution for Disney, said the company had, quote, tremendous self-confidence in the upcoming China release, citing previous success in that arena. Hollis said of the film itself, quote, They've created stakes because of how much people care for these characters and the worlds that they inhabit. And having brought them all together, that made this a can't-miss, must-see-it-on-opening-weekend, must-see-it-in-a-movie-theater kind of experience. Uh, uh, Infinity War opened in 4,470 North American theaters and debuted worldwide simultaneously. The feature also benefited from, a, benefited from a complete lack of competition. This open, opening easily covers the film's production costs, as Bloomberg estimates the film was made for around $300 million. Nine out of the ten biggest domestic debuts of all time now belong to Disney.
0: Unbelievable.
1: Infinity War now at <laughs> ranks. Uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens as the number one
0: debut. And that was it. Wasn't projected to beat Force Awakens. I think they were originally projecting about two hundred and twenty-five million for the opening weekend, somewhere around two twenty-five, two thirty. And so when it hit two fifty-eight, that was that was huge. We went to see it Thursday night um, out there in uh, downtown Disney. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, Again, I don't go in picking these things apart. I kind of judge a movie by was I entertained. Um, did I do? I walk out feeling like, wow, that was that was a lot of fun, um, and on that measure, this movie was amazing. Uh, I know Craig, you weren't as big a fan.
5: No, I he, he liked it. He I, liked I, I it. like it. I well, the way I've been trying to like when I explain to people, it's if this was Rotten Tomatoes and it's fresh or rotten, I would still give it a fresh review. I thought it was good. I was just disappointed in a lot of aspects of it, and you know what? That's, it, it had a lot of hype built up for it. It had a lot to live up to and for a lot of people, and I'm very happy for the ones who ended up really enjoying it. I still enjoyed it. I'll see it again. It just, I didn't think it was the best Marvel movie ever made. Can you I, imagine I saw going it to the movies with
1: Craig? No, I would have to stab myself in the leg. <laughs> The fork. <laughs>
2: I liked it. I didn't like it. It was okay. <laughs> I'm disappointed.
5: Well, I share popcorn, so... Uh,
2: it was, I definitely <laughs> wouldn't go with you. <laughs>
1: well, Kevin doesn't share.
2: Uh, the only thing I've heard about it is it's like... Uh, the best thing I read about it was Infinity Wars is like Twitter. There's 280 characters and most people are confused.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things about it is... And I do go into these, not to pick them apart, but it's easy. I've got a lot of backstory. I've been a fan of most of these characters for over 30 years. So... You know, seeing the culmination of it on the screen, yeah, there were things I would change if I were writing it or something like that, but it was fun, it was entertaining, they did a great job of giving everybody screen time and, and managing to do fan service, but, you know, I, I don't know how other people see it who don't have the, the nostalgia that I have, but as a little kid reading comics, you open these big crossover events and you imagine what it would be like to see a movie like this and you'd be like, they could never do it. There's no way they could ever, like, it would be confusing, it would be a mess and nobody would ever pay attention to it. And now, years later, as an adult, I'm seeing all of that brought to the big screen and I gotta be honest, like, it's, it, I still get a, a, a large amount from it, you know? that A big crossover event like that You know, those were my, that's dreams of like six, eight-year-old Charles, 15-year-old Charles, 25-year-old Charles. And now 36-year-old Charles actually gets to see them realized. So I'm trying to not pick it apart as much and just enjoy that. It's pretty awesome for a comic. This is
0: also why I avoid watching the pre-release trailers and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Because I don't want want to set expectations for myself. I just want to go in and see it. Mm -hmm. There are very few movies, even with the Star Wars movies which I love. Um, I don't watch the trailers. I don't pick them apart. I'm just not my thing. But
1: I would like to see it. I'm not allowed unless there's three musical numbers. <laughs> That's the only time I'm allowed to go <laughs> see I was it just going to say
2: what Charles just said. I feel that way about funny girls.
1: Huh? <laughs> oh, Jesus. I have a <laughs> trivia question for all of you. Adjusting for inflation, what do you think is the number one grossing movie still on record?
0: Gone with the Wind. It's gone gone the with wind. the Wind.
3: Yeah. Adjusting for inflation.
1: You people stink. You weren't supposed to get it so fast.
3: I was gonna say Top Gun.
1: <laughs> okay, Charles can stay.
3: <laughs> um,
0: I was surprised that Gone with the Wind would be
3: adjusted for inflation. Adjusted for inflation. Sure, yeah. Um, Steve,
0: did you see it?
6: Yeah, I did. I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought anything that I didn't like about it is only because there's a next movie, so unanswered questions about that that I had some frustrations with. Right. This was part one. Part right.
0: one. Uh, it's you know it's a two-part finale. That's what
1: Kevin says to me, "Kevin says so this is it, right? This is the last one." I said, Never no, This is part
6: one of two. So I won't say anything beyond that because I don't want to say spoilers. Um, but that was really my only. Well, frustration. you assume
1: I haven't seen it. You assume that there's going to be cliffhangers. There's going to be things that are not answered because they have to do something in the second part of it.
0: Well, it's a great movie if you just want a lot, just a fun movie to go see. And check out for two and a half hours because I think I th- it ran. About I two think it's hours. beyond
4: that, though. I think it's a good story too. Oh, like, I, a, I feel like a lot of comments in the room I, I know you agree with me, though. Pete. Yeah, is absolutely. That, is that I actually thought it ties all the threads from all the movies together well, with some still open for the next. See, movie, I isn't? haven't
0: seen all of the other movies. Oh, I've seen a, some of them, and uh, you
4: enjoyed it still. That's a and good, you, know, you know
0: some of the characters. I'm like, okay, I'm really not sure who you are, but okay, <laughs> okay. Um, it didn't matter. I still enjoyed it. Um, you know, you know
2: Mamma Mia too with Cher is coming, right?
0: <laughs> um, the the <laughs> fact that uh, you know the fact that I didn't know the backstory for all of them or haven't watched all the movies, you know, I think there is this propensity in our culture now that everything has to be spoon-fed to us so we don't have to think. If you just watch the movie with some level of attention. It's not hard to kind of figure out who's who and what they're doing there. Um, I mean, unless you have seen nothing ever and this is like the first time you're going into a Marvel movie, then I can understand it. But if you've seen a couple of them, you know, what? it's still a good movie. It's still a good movie. So, all right, let's move on to the next one.
1: All right. Our second news story. The Disney Dream earns 12th perfect score in CDC Inspection. Each year, the Centers for for Disease Control and Prevention surprised cruise lines with two inspections. The Disney Dream recently underwent one of these inspections and passed with a perfect score. This was the ship's 12th perfect health score out of 15 total inspections since the ship started sailing in 2011. The Disney Dream has never failed an inspection. In fact, the the ship has never received a score below 94. In total, the inspection checklist is forty-four items long. Almost everything is scrutinized, from the medical facilities to the swimming pools. One of the main objectives of these inspections is the prevention of gastrointestinal diseases.
0: Well, you hear the stories all the time about norovirus, norovirus and yeah. uh, you know various illnesses that trans uh, that transmit very easily on cruise ships because everybody's. Basically, you know, clumped together in a big tin can. Um, this has always been uh, the case with Disney cruises. Um, you don't hear a lot about norovirus outbreaks or things like that on these ships. Not that they haven't happened, but you don't hear about it a lot because they don't happen that often. Because Disney, actually, Disney's, uh, I remember hearing this a few years back that Disney's checklist for what has to be done exceeds the guidelines set by the CDC and it's done on every cruise it's done in between cruises it's done during cruises and you know we talk about uh, Disney Cruise Line being a lot more expensive than other cruises and there's an argument to be made about that but some of why you're paying that money is for stuff like this it's stuff you don't see Um, you don't really see them you know sanitizing every square inch of that ship every time it comes back into port um, something what,
1: you do see you actually see them during your sailing you see them all the time sanitize, sanitizing banisters and doorknobs and, and hand
0: plates constantly in yeah,
1: bathrooms yeah.
0: and you know there's a reason why you know that it's not just profit motive for that, that price point um, there is a lot that goes into these ships that is above and beyond what you will see on a lot of other cruise lines.
6: The one thing I was kind of surprised about, I just went on my first Disney cruise two weekends ago, and I'd only been on Royal before, where they tell you to wash your hands a million times, and on on the Dream, there's no, uh, you just they hand you like the little towelettes. You didn't
1: have the person with the super soaker full of Purell before <laughs> <No>. you
2: went. <laughs> oh They're on a Royal Caribbean ship too. You can't go into a restaurant without someone standing at the door and forcing you to sanitize yeah. your head to tell.
6: So I was just surprised with, with uh, the dream that there was no hand washing hand washing stations before like the buffets and certain things like things like that. The
1: Royal Caribbean ships, the newer ones especially, the ones that have been retrofit, have those now. Have the washing stations before you go into the buffets and the where restaurant the,
2: where the sanitizer just isn't enough anymore. Right. But you
1: know Disney does a great job with that I think you know they talk about in parks especially but in general their number one priority is safety so they want everybody to have a safe cruise and, and not
0: get sick right and and the CDC inspections are not casual affairs the, sh- the cruise lines do not know they're coming they show up when they feel like it and they're not just walking around taking a look at things they're taking water samples out of the pools they're 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 testing surfaces all around the ship um so it's this is not a casual inspection so the fact that the dream has earned a perfect score 12 times in a row makes you wonder what's wrong with the other ships it does well no I, this is this I'm is true kidding. across the fleet this is true across the fleet you see it on every one of them um, but it makes you wonder what's what, why other cruise lines don't do this because, you know, we're coming into the season where norovirus outbreaks are more likely to start happening. Um, and so, um, I I'm, mean, I'm, and you'll hear about it. You'll hear about it on. Don't hear about it too much on Royal. Um, but you do hear about like Holland America. Yeah. I think that's because it's also an older an older population on, on Holland America.
3: But. Well, um, you guys are a little more, much more knowledgeable about cruises than I am. But. I know that a lot of the ones, even if they operate out of America, have the companies are based in South America or foreign places that, where, if somebody does get dysentery or something in a cruise, or a large number of people do, the red tape to get a lawsuit across nations is really difficult. So, I've heard that a lot of them cut corners based on the fact that it's really hard for for people to hold them accountable.
2: There are very, very, very few cruise ships. Mm-hmm that are registered in the United States. I can only think of one, to be honest. The pride of America. The pride of America.
0: And Norwegian, yeah. But
2: the rest of them are foreign. But understand, the
0: reason isn't about lawsuits. Lawsuits are covered in the carriage contract you sign Mm -hmm. when you get your ticket. Um, It's about what they have to pay people. If you are flagged in the US, you have to pay based on US labor laws. Uh, whereas if you're flagged in the Bahamas or uh, in in the Caribbean somewhere, which is where a lot of or them are, or mm-hmm, Scandinavia, uh, right, then there are different laws that apply because otherwise you couldn't pay people what that you know the wage, the actual hourly wage that these guys get paid, could not happen in the United mm-hmm. States. And when you see like you know we talk about the Pride of America, which is a Norwegian cruise ship that does the Hawaiian Islands, it never leaves. U.S. waters, so it must be flagged in the U.S., and you see the difference in terms of, you know, what the price point for that seven-night cruise is because of what they have to pay, um, versus another seven-night cruise to maybe even a more exotic destination on Norwegian. This is going to be more expensive because they have to pay U.S. labor law That's wages. Why
2: all cruise ships, even ones leaving the United States, have to stop in a foreign port. That's because they're registered in a foreign country. Yeah, correct. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think the
1: uh, the the main problem with having an outbreak of neurovirus on a ship is lawsuits. I think it's PR. Because mm-hmm. you remember okay. the carnival ship, the horrible, horrible stuff that happened on a carnival ship?
0: The poop cruise. <laughs> yeah,
1: try not to go yeah. there. But they have never recovered from that. People still refer to that and go, I don't want to go on carnival because people got sick and... It was all, And things didn't work.
0: Well, I Anytime
2: mean, you clump this many people together, mm-hmm. the uh, possibilities of this happening I, go I, up I, exponentially. I, I, Ask anybody who teaches grade school yeah. that you know, school starts and everybody's sick. That's mm-hmm. because you put all those kids back in one building. Oh. That's kind of the same principle with a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. However, the fact that Disney, and I would believe Royal Caribbean, because I think Royal Caribbean is fairly thorough, and I think you're right. You don't hear about this as often. This has become... It's kind of top of the list at this point. Guest safety and guest health
6: are really important. What, what you just said about it, there being so many kids. Disney Cruise Line is filled with kids, so that, that makes it extra impressive to me that they're getting these scores. Right.
0: So, yep, exactly. Because kids are fluffy. All right, let's talk about uh, Twitter a little bit. All right. <laughs> Oh, yeah, please. Move on.
1: (laughs) Our third and final news story. uh, Disney announces agreement with Twitter for content and advertising. The Walt Disney Company has announced a new partnership to create both live content and advertising opportunities on the Twitter platform. The deal extends to the entire Disney portfolio, but appears that ESPN will be the first division with new content. ESPN will be announcing new live shows created especially for Twitter Justin Connolly the new executive vice president for affiliate sales and marketing for Disney and ESPN media networks <gasps> commented quote <laughs> <laughs> through this new agreement participants from across the company will have the opportunity to create experiences unique to Twitter that will extend their brands in meaningful ways this includes compelling content across our entire portfolio that can reach and appeal to all types of audiences at scale on their platform,
0: uh, I didn't. Charles mentioned this before the show. I didn't know that Twitter did streaming.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
5: yeah, they've they've streamed some uh, NFL games in the past before and uh, lower level college games. Exactly. Thank you, Steve.
3: But this. Uh, This it wouldn't have the same dynamic. Like I understand off on the corner streaming like a a sports broadcast, but actual like having a show or scheduled programming kind of thing seems different Uh, to me.
6: The only I mean, it does seem strange. The only thing I can think that why Twitter might move in this direction is they could have their live stream above and then they could have people live tweeting their reactions at the show
0: underneath. Well also keep in mind Twitter's gotta do something. Uh, and I believe in their most recent earnings report, they finally showed a profit. Um, so that was, you know, but the big narrative with Twitter is how is it going to survive because it can't make money? Uh, it's not been successful with the advertising revenue the way Facebook has been. So this was, this was that's where I see this announcement as being a big deal, that they just landed a big fish for an ad deal. And part of that is Disney gets to, you know, create content or stream content uh, to an audience that, you know, is pretty big. I mean, Twitter has a big audience, not as big as Facebook, but it's a big audience. So I think this is a much bigger deal for Twitter than it is for Disney but it's be very interesting to see what how Disney utilizes this platform.
5: Yeah, the the important aspect is the real-time engagement that Twitter still allows. I know Facebook, you know, if you're watching a live video, then you can comment on it and that is some type of uh, real-time activity, but at the end of the day then if you miss that video and twelve hours later, you don't know if you're ever going to see it again on Facebook. I I'm sure I have friends on Facebook that post regularly, but because of their algorithms, I haven't seen a single thing that they've posted in a year. Because it is Facebook has become a, a A platform that tries to decide what you want to see instead of giving you the option to actually really focus on. And I know you can like star stuff to make it show up more often. But I I know the reason I love Twitter is because I still love the real time aspect of it. I can sit down and know I'm watching a TV show and they put that hashtag up in the corner and i know that if i'm if i'm searching with that then i can watch what other people are saying i can join in on that too and so for what they're kind of talking about i think twitter is the perfect platform and i hope it is a good way to bring in more revenue for them because it's i i still prefer i love twitter t- over everything I,
0: I prefer twitter over facebook yeah i do
1: well you know we've never been on facebook and twitter is our preferred social media it feels to me though if you're on twitter that disney in the last year has discovered twitter that all of a sudden now they understand the power of it because they are tweeting constantly yeah live from the park you know uh, <laughs> about tv shows all this stuff so it's like someone at disney finally got it that this is a powerful tool so it doesn't really surprise me that they're partnering with them and then someday they might buy
3: them
0: mm. as they well, do. as they do that would be very interesting if disney bought twitter
3: well uh, w- one thing to note just along with this is that <clears throat> uh twitter also uh, has similar partnerships with other people i was trying to look it up but uh uh i think mbc i think is another one so it's not a disney just Disney exclusive, exclusive yeah. but disney is going to obviously start out with a lot of content um primarily espn shows have been announced so far mm-hmm. but all right That'll do it for the news. Before we move on, a couple things. Uh, first, I do want to talk
0: about uh, Ryan Teets, one of our contributors and moderator on our News and Rumors Forum on disboards.com, uh, has put up his uh, most recent Disney rumor roundup for April 2018. He puts them up at the at the end of the month to kind of just con- con- condense. Recap. recap, thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, recap of the, the rumors that are floating around. Uh, nothing major. This month, a um, couple things uh, I, I want to talk about. Um, he says uh, that new rumors regarding Epcot have di- died down a bit, so he's just kind of recapping what the most likely things are. Um, several sources indicate a new nighttime spectacular coming to replace Illuminations. Reflections of Earth is in the works. Um, that is to debut in the next two years. Uh, Windows of the world is the working title as of right now. Fountains and drones are said to be part of the show. I really hope they don't give us World of Color too, because that's what this. When I hear this, drones and mm. and 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 water and stuff, I I get nervous. Does anybody think this is a good idea?
3: I think
2: I think refreshing, refreshing a new show, yeah, refreshing good, right? what's there. I mean, it's been there a while. Um, is uh, granted,
0: illuminations have been running for eighteen years now. Right. Um, so
2: I think refreshing it, I, it, might, it might make me stay. You know, they the lights go down and I leave like I leave scorch marks on the concrete. Get out before it starts. Um, but I think that. But you know, if they're going to recreate something from someplace else, right, that's not a good idea. I always look to Disney for innovation. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um. Guardians of the Galaxy projected to open by the end of 2020. Um, and rumored to use a more unique coaster vehicle. Um, and the Wonders of Life Pavilion, something's going on there. <clears throat> something is going on there. They have been doing uh, rehab work to the building itself. It's no longer being used as a festival center. And I think for the 50th anniversary, we're going to see something something in there.
1: I hope they bring back that baby birthing That was <laughs> oh, my favorite The making thing. of me, I the think. The making of me. Those are there, my favorites. There
6: was pictures on Twitter of uh, Bob Chapik like going in with a team of executives and what looked like Imagineers and a bunch of guys with construction construction hats on into the Wonders of Life. They've so.
3: got they, they've got to be doing something. <laughs> well, I looked up uh, I looked up the patents for it when it first came out. And uh, they, where they first started working on it. And it's not just like uh, exterior facade kind of stuff. They're ta- we're talking about like new foundation work and everything inside, like a, a total restructuring of it. So it doesn't look like it's just a facelift. It looks like a, a pretty complete makeover.
6: Well, and you don't drag the head of theme parks and resorts into a place that's just getting outside facade change.
0: Right. They're not redoing it to make it a nicer festival center. Um, so, I'm,
2: How could that be possible? Really. <laughs>
0: Surely it um, cannot happen. So, uh, interventions is a large question mark for how it will play a role in the future of Epcot. Most recently, the buildings are said to uh, stay with an updated look, expanding meet and greets, dining, retail, and more throughout. Um, he says, I don't believe Disney has officially decided what the plan is for inventions yet I don't think they ever really had a plan for inventions.
2: can we just stop for a second we've mentioned the 50th anniversary and every travel agent in the world is going to thank me you can't book the 50th anniversary yet you will not be able to book 2021 until 2020 nothing we can do about it no matter how nicely you ask I cannot book you into Walt Disney World for 2021 until Disney releases the dates for 2020 my speech is over
0: okay um So, uh, of course, Toy Story Land at Hollywood Studios is going to be opening on the 30th of June. Uh, Media invites have been sent out for the 28th and 29th, but uh, speculation is that because, um, uh, because of the progress in the construction, that there may not be large annual pass holder or DBC previews like there have been in the past with lands like Pandora. It's still possible, but there's a speculation going around right now that there may not be... What are you laughing about?
5: I'm making fun of Ryan. Why? Uh,
0: why? It's not related. Okay.
5: Because he wears women's clothes.
0: Well, that. That's, <laughs> that's obvious. Um,
4: Live your best life.
0: Now, the big the big thing that came out, um, Walt Disney World News Today, a few weeks back, had reported that um, the theater that was going to be built or, or, or retrofit on Main Street, that they abruptly canceled because that money was going to be siphoned over to creating a new line of monorails and uh, apparently Bob Gurr during a a presentation he gave in celebration over the weekend confirmed that if you don't know who Bob Gurr is he's a Disney legend was an Imagineer that worked with Walt on the 64 World's Fair Autopia the monorail system uh, a lot of the car based Attractions at Disney, among many other things, uh, were all part of Bob Gurr's work. Now he does not actively work for the company, but I would have to imagine the man still has contacts. And he said, during this uh, during this talk he was giving in celebration over the weekend, which I understand was a huge success, um, that Disney had signed the contract, and he believes it's going to be with Bombardier, which is the company that built the current uh, current fleet of of monorails. Uh, We've heard all all the stories and reports about failures, stuff falling off the monorails, doors opening while it's moving. Uh, Anybody who's been on a monorail can see how dated and beat up they are, that it's long overdue.
6: They're basically duct taped together at this point. Yeah, they are. It's bad.
3: Although, uh, I think a listener emailed us and said that Bombardier is a Canadian company and actually pronounced Bombardier- I don't. I don't oh, know. i just it could be. Yeah, just in case. So possibly Bombardier. Well, that was a terrible accent. That was. I don't even know what was it going on. It was
2: a little it. peppy review.
3: Um, and according to
0: sources on www.magic.com, uh, Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary celebration will be much like that of Disneyland's 60th. So it's going to last for three and a half years. Um, uh, lots of diamonds they will market 50 new things as part of the festivities which will include new attractions such as Tron, Guardians of the Galaxy and new entertainment in store for the golden anniversary of the resort and also permits have been filed for the Star Wars Hotel project taking place near Hollywood Studios the project has the code name and permits Project H for Hotel
4: (laughs) (laughs) Project Hotel Hotel they're making preparations for that project age <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's preparation yeah.
0: um, all right um, that's it for newsy stuff um, I do before we go on to rapid fire want to spend some time talking about um, Bob Varley now uh, for those of you uh, who maybe recently started watching the show uh, you'll notice that the studio that we uh, broadcast from is called the Bob Varley studio That is named for our friend Bob who passed away April 28th of 2008. It is hard to believe that 10 years have passed since Bob died. Um, And part of what we do, we try and do every year. Um, I mean, we do it throughout different shows. We'll mention Bob and we'll talk about Bob. Um, But especially on the anniversary of his passing, we really do try and spend some time talking about him. We don't want his memory to be lost uh fortunately you know he left a legacy uh in the shows that he was on from the very first one that we did in uh july of of 2006 until his passing in april of 2008 um and some great stuff um i did come across i haven't finished editing it yet i will have it up this week i came across some video i did not know i had of bob i really wanted it for this show but between the Italy trip and my trip to California, I haven't had the time to do it the way I wanted to do it, so I'd rather take the time to get it right than just throw something up. But I had found um, a bunch of, back in the day before we were using cameras like the ones we use now, um, we were using the uh, mini DV tapes. There were these small cassette tapes in our cameras, and a lot of stuff that we recorded I want to say between 2000, 99 and 2000, when we did the Around the World Tour, which I have all that video. Um, And I want to say about, I don't know, we were still using, were we using, Craig? Were using DV when you started? No. No, No. so I want to say maybe around 2010, 2009, we stopped using DV and went to, uh, Digital. What the hell was that? I
5: think the Garbage Man.
0: No, that was a long time ago. That was a weird noise. Um, anyway, I happened to come across a bunch of these, and uh, I didn't have a, a camera because you got you know—I had no way to get them into the computer. So I actually bought, you know, a used DV camera, mini DV camera, on Amazon, and was able to capture a lot of footage. And I got to tell you, it was very difficult—wonderful um, but difficult at the same time. Um, because I I just was finding these things. We had recorded, one of the things we recorded with Bob that we actually released, it's on our YouTube channel, was a Send Bob to the Parks for Star Wars Weekends. Still to me, one of the funniest things we've ever done. Um, Well, I apparently, and I just don't remember this because I have three brain cells left. Um, We did a Send Bob to the Parks at Halloween Horror Nights. And I'm um, watching this stuff back and um laughing hysterically at the same time, crying, you know, because seeing my friend again. Um, so I'm working on putting a lot of this stuff together uh, to release because we don't want, you know, we named the studio for him because we want people to ask the question, who's Bob Varley? and encourage people to go back and we'll put links in the show notes page to some of the videos we have on excuse me, on YouTube um, that featured Bob and of course if you're subscribed to us on iTunes you can go back into the archives any show from the first one through April of 2008 Bob's on every one of them and you really get to know him and that's where a lot of people, you know, people that find the show and then like, I want to go back and listen from the beginning, they get to know him because you, his personality, I think it's true with all of us, but I think it was especially true of Bob. His personality translated beautifully uh, through this medium, um, his passion for Disney, his unique speaking style, um, his ability to mangle a sentence like no human being I'd ever met before, um, all endearing parts of his uh, of his personality, um, and like I said, you know, it's really just—I I can't believe ten years has yeah, passed it's since pretty he died. crazy.
1: I think about Bob when something new happens, when Disney does something new, and I think, what would Bob think of this? Because Bob was the ultimate fan. Mm-hmm. Right? Bob loved Disney, and everything was great, and he loved everything about it. So I think about that, and I think you kind of feel sad that someone of that interest in disney is missing out on some of these new and cool and great things
0: well i think about that a lot when we do any of our events like mm-hmm. the 20th anniversary yeah. i'm like oh my god he would have, loved he would have been amazing he would have been out of his mind um uh, bob died before the first podcast cruise we were planning the first podcast cruise when he passed away so he never got to experience any of those um you know i think about trips like the one we just took to italy um you know he would have been all over that, right? Every trip we did. You know, He would have every,
1: went to Italy, checked it out before we got there, <laughs> and told us what we should do. Because that was his thing.
0: That was his thing. If we were going someplace, he had to check it out ahead of time. And especially when we would do events out in California. Uh, Bob was the driver. I remember we did, uh, I think the first year we had the podcast, we did the, uh, um, oh, the, the trivia contest. And we spent a week in California filming for this trivia contest that we did and Bob was our driver. I forgot how many thousands of miles literally we drove that week, but Bob knew like where to go. And he, you know, he, he loved to drive. He loved doing that stuff. So every, anytime I'm out in California, I think about, I think about that. Anytime I see an ECV, cause that, you know, Bob had a, a, an injury to his, his ankle that he couldn't do a lot of, couldn't do a lot of walking. Um, so he had an ECV and was, strung up with christmas lights and god knows what else and would drive through the parks figured out a way to mount a a monopod to the back of it and put his camera on it and we call it cart cam or as bob pronounced it cot cam because he was from boston um and that was a whole thing um you know the number of you know people still talk about mojitos bob did a a review of Coronado Springs and he was talking about the mojitos they serve at one of the bars and he pronounced it mojitos. Uh, still one of the funniest shows we ever did. Um, so, I mean, we have, you know, we have this, and, and, and what's nice is that we do have this, this library um, of, of him uh, through the show that, you know, we're able to kind of keep his memory alive. And, you know, it's sad because None of you guys, with the exception of John, Kevin, and I, were around when uh, when Bob was here.
1: Who of the new group do you think Bob would hate?
0: Hate? Bob didn't <laughs> okay, hate <no>. anybody. <laughs> I was being a I jerk. I just
1: want to point out,
5: no, he, he made didn't. immediate eye contact with me. So <laughs> <laughs> I think we got the answer. When, when
0: I said that? Yeah. yeah no, I'm going to tell, directly. I'm gonna tell you something. No, I'm he, he would love you. all of you guys, he he, Yeah, he Bob everything. hated nobody. Right. But here's the thing. If Bob were still with us, We would never get him at this table. He'd be back there. He'd be where you're sitting right now, Craig. He would not let anyone else near it. You could help. (laughs) You could help. But Bob was all about, you know, this was a dream for him. And I know that, you know, for those who've watched the show for a long time, I'm repeating things here because, um, you know, the stories don't really change. But, uh, you know, a lot of people, every year we had a lot of new listeners and a lot of, a lot of new viewers who don't know us. We him, get so.
1: that email all the time. What is the Bob Marley suit? What is Marley? That Bob Marley? Bob Marley. Bob Marley, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, Bob, before he moved down here, when he lived in Massachusetts, had done a cable access show. We have that video on the site as well. We'll have to put a link to that in the show notes page called The World of Mickey. And um, it's, uh, you know, it was a cable access show that he did. With his son Matt, and uh, you know, he always wanted to recreate that. Here, he said it from the day I met him that we need to do something like that on the web, and we just could never, until Dustin came to work for us, um, we could not figure out how to make that happen. So, you know, the podcast, just doing the audio show was a step in that direction, but Bob always always envisioned us doing the show like this
2: lots of Bob sentences started with all you need is and then there was a list of things and you'd think I don't have any of that <laughs>
0: um banana boxes and duct tape
2: right. uh, yellow cake uranium and an ice pick and you think <laughs> uh, I don't have any of that Bob. um
0: so you know and Bob loved being behind the camera Bob loved filming um, so the stuff that we're doing now would have been, just he would never sleep, he would never sleep, and he would never give you guys a moment's rest.
1: <laughs>
2: you know what we should do now? I got to tell you, we something. should go there now and do this and that. Yeah, I think one of Bob's, one of the most amazing things about Bob, was Bob was in on the joke. Mm-hmm. All of those things that people love, those malapropisms, those mangling of sentences, those. Bob was a master of knowing what he was doing. Mm-hmm. I used to get hate mail because I would tease Bob back. People wrote to me hateful, oh, yeah. hateful things. We all things. got it. And what I finally made Bob do is I'm not doing this anymore unless you come clean. You have to tell them that you understand what's going on, that we aren't picking on you, and I only say this because, in retrospect, that was part of Bob's brilliance. Mm. Bob was the perfect straight man. Yeah. And he got the laugh, but he was the perfect straight man because we would all react to his
0: right. Bob also, you know, genius. But along those lines Bob also just had a different way of looking at things Um, he had a different perspective on things and it took me it took me a few years of working with him because he he pitched something like we have to do this I'm like you're out of your mind we're not doing that that's crazy it's crazy and then I finally just to just to shut him up like go ahead do what you gotta do and it would turn out to be a great idea I'm like, okay, you know what? I need to listen to him more. I need to let him do his thing. And actually, that's kind of carried over to how I deal with a lot of you guys now, that you may pitch something to me, I think, oh, that's crazy. But I remember that, and oftentimes, oftentimes, you guys are right. It is a good idea. Um, But Bob was the one who kind of taught me that, that, you know, my ideas aren't always the best, my ideas aren't always right, Um, and other people have good ideas, too. Um, in the early days of this, I didn't really look at things that way. This was my idea and that's what we were going to do. And there wasn't really a lot of, a a, a lot of leeway. Bob through our friendship really kind of, kind of, kind of taught me that among many things, um, Bob was, Bob was that friend that it didn't matter. He was always there. He was always there. he didn't have he didn't have big even when
2: you told him no
0: even when you told as i said that in his eulogy bob was there whether he wanted wanted him to be or not um i remember when i bought this house um bob came in with one of his friends before the movers had gotten here with our stuff and literally cleaned this house floor to ceiling top to bottom when we brought our stuff in, you could eat off the floors every square inch of this house was immaculate because the movers were late getting getting to my apartment to get my stuff. And so Bob was here and Bob's like, okay, I'm gonna clean and he went out and got stuff to clean and cleaned this out but that was the kind of friend Bob was. You needed to move oh better yet you met him 20 minutes ago and you didn't have a place to stay. Mm-hmm. You were at his house. You were at his house. I got a guest room. I got a Murphy bed. Um, And he'd feed you. And let me tell you, that was always a good experience, too. Bob was a great cook, especially his Boston baked beans. Oh, my God. Those beans were, I still to this day have not had their (laughs) equal. Um, How did you meet Bob? Bob was a (laughs) A stalker. (laughs) Yeah, Pretty much he was a stalker. I met met Bob. um, uh, We were living down here. And we had just moved down here, and Bob was active on the boards, and we needed a moderator for the theme parks board. His name on the uh, the boards was Wilderness because that was his favorite hotel, Wilderness Lodge. Um, and you know Bob has that way. You know, uh, we started so we started communicating via email, and then he was down here. He would come down on golfing trips with a couple of his friends. Uh at least once a year and he was down on one of those trips and he asked if we could have dinner and uh, my favorite restaurant at that particular moment was a restaurant that's no longer there it's in the space that Il Molino is in the swan it was called Palio a great Italian restaurant and I remember walking up to the table Bob and his friends were already seated and introducing myself and getting introduced to all of them and within five minutes of sitting down, out came the massive rubber band closed folder with all Bob's ideas. Um, and I'm like, oh, this guy's nuts. <laughs> this guy's nuts. But, you know, we I got to know him from that and then I, I want to say it was the second anniversary of the Diz. We rented uh, uh a grand villa over at the boardwalk and Bob was there for that. And that's really kind of where I got started getting to know him. He was down for the week and I picked him up from the airport and I still didn't know what to make of Bob because Bob has had that, that really kind of flat affect. He kind of looked like he didn't, he wasn't very emotional. He wasn't like a real emotional guy. He just kind of had his monotone delivery and, would say some funny stuff and had some good ideas, but I still didn't know what to make of him until I dropped him off at the airport. In those days, you could walk up to the gate, and I'll never forget it. Walking up to the gate, I'm, standing by, I'm walking behind him, and then he turns around to say goodbye, and there's a tear running down his, his cheek. Um, and I'm like, oh, okay, you're a big softy. And Bob would come down, Bob and Diana, and uh, their son Brian, would come down on vacation, and I guess we were still living at the house in Hunters Creek, and they this is came over.
2: Confuse people who aren't. <laughs> this is going to confuse people who aren't longtime listeners. But we'll put up a flow chart
1: later. <laughs> yeah, really.
0: We all have a history. Um, so uh, Bob came over. Bob and Diana came over for dinner, and I remember. Yeah, I went outside to have a cigarette, and he came with me. And he's like, I'm ready to move down. I'm like, come on. And I swear an hour and a half later, he was having a house built <laughs> out in. Uh... So that's kind of how, how it got. And then once he moved down here, I mean, he was instrumental. In... He lived with
1: us for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, for a little bit before his house was done, while he was down here getting stuff done. So he lived in our dining room. Did he really? Yeah. I don't remember that. You don't? Know? I um, I do <laughs> trust me um
0: so that's that's kind of how the friendship started with Bob, and then you know once he moved down here, you know, he was the first person we had in the parks all the time. He was always in the parks um a lot of that was though to give him something to do <laughs> go to the park, go
1: film
2: something, go look at something Bob had okay. the ability to do things. That would render you speechless. <laughs> <laughs> they were doing a thing over at the, um, the Bells Malls, they were called at the time. And they were doing like, I'm sorry, not the Bells Malls, the premium outlets. And they were doing a thing called the Taste of Orlando. And it was local... Uh, Local restaurants were set up all around the premium outlets, and you bought tickets when you went in, and it was kind of like a food and wine festival that wine. you could walk without, without Disney's involvement, that it was local area restaurants, and you could walk around and try stuff from the different things, and we decided this was going to be our Saturday night entertainment, and we were all going to meet at like 6 o'clock to do this, and Bob called me at 2 o'clock. Okay, I've been to all the booths. I have your tickets and I have a parking spot. And I was like, and I'm not going to be there for four hours. (laughs) So he goes, well, I'll hold the spot. And I thought, film that. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing he would do is we were all sitting here. This studio used to be two rooms. We all sat where they sit.
0: Where the production team sits now in the nook.
2: And Bob brought out a piece of paper. I remember this like it was yesterday, where he had highlighted with yellow highlighter every single word on the piece of paper. And I said to him, you realize you've kind of negated the need for a highlighter, right? <laughs> And he had no idea what I was talking about. He goes, but I wanted to know what to read. And I was like, all you had to do was bring the paper. <laughs> <laughs> and were you there the day he discovered notes? Someone had taught him he had found uh, an instruction video on the Internet about how to make a thing that fit in your pocket. And you folded the paper in half, and then you folded it in half another way. And then you had like a little diary that you could carry around with it. I said, you've you've invented the note. (laughs) (laughs) He said, yes, but if you fold the paper, you have, what was it, eight different sides, and you can write something on each side. And I was like... A note. <laughs> you've invented the note.
0: You've discovered notes. <laughs> this
2: went on for like two weeks. But look what I've done. I folded the paper and then I fold the paper again and all I do is put it in my pocket. I'm like Bob everybody does sorry, I yelled. But it was like everybody writes themselves notes. You've all you've done is fold the paper. Well so This sorry. was Bob. That was Bob.
0: This was Bob and He invented the note what was great and what I've always appreciated about our show. Um, We don't, uh, we don't do shtick. You know, we have personalities and we certainly have senses of humor, but we don't do shtick. And I'm so grateful that we captured so many authentic moments of Bob being just like that, that was not planned, that was not, or, or, you know, orchestrated in advance. Uh, it was just a naturally occurring thing that happened, uh, when you were with Bob and so many uh, examples of those moments are captured on those shows.
2: Funniest Bob moment ever. Is that a question or are you going to say something? No, I have an answer myself. When have you laughed harder?
0: Uh, You know what I'm going to say. I
2: do. And we can't, we don't, it's not available anymore.
0: I'm not going there.
2: (laughs) We did a show that caused a great deal of a ruckus. It's gone, isn't it?
0: Yes. It's gone. I think somebody has it. And if you have it, I'd like it. The Costa Guatemalan Mexico show.
2: Bob went to a naturalization ceremony held at the Magic Kingdom. And they naturalized, what was it, 500 people? It hundreds of people at once, yeah. And this was back when we were a lot more freewheeling than we are now.
0: Well, these were not live shows, nope. these were pre recorded.
2: And this Will and Grace was the number one TV show at the time. And one of the characters, Karen, had mentioned to her maid that she was from Costa Guadalajara, Mexico. This was on network television. Well, that phrase came up. And I'm not looking at anybody, it was me who brought it up. But all I can tell you is that this show devolved into uncontrollable laughter. The hardest
0: and, I've ever laughed on this show.
2: The hardest I've ever laughed, I think, maybe ever. in life. Well, the funniest part
1: about that was Bob just kept going. He kept reading his story with his head down. He would and just he, talk about
2: it like this. You and there, I was and there. we were going John nuts. John was there. Who else? There was Corey another person was there. Like Corey. And we were uncontrollable. Uncontrollable. Like, it just... And we were just... Going nuts and screaming and laughing and making inappropriate comments.
0: And it wasn't politically correct. I will say that it was not politically correct, but they were jokes, and
2: jokes that had come from a network television show.
0: And it was our first taste. It was our first taste okay. of of the of of, of the self self righteous PC police uh, coming after us.
2: The funniest part of it was. Bob just continued to read the news in his sort of monotone voice, and the more he did it, the harder we laughed, the worse we got. <sighs> I hear about this every once in a while. This show comes up. It is legendary
0: it is it is legendary as for far the, as our podcast for is those concerned. who were listening at the time because I did have to take the show down um for those who were listening at the time, it is legendary. Um, that hurt it um, but you know, uh, if you're out and you meet others and you know somebody who's listened for a long time, ask
2: them if they have it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's. because uh, I did have the unedited version at one point, point. Um, and I don't know where I what I did with
2: it. We can't. It's it's not something
0: you can no. Ever I post could never. I, no, I just wanted for my own. The tone has changed. The tone has changed. Well, it had to. It had to. Um, but you know, I, I again with stuff like this and I I promise for next week's either next week's show or the week after because I'm not going to be here next week Um, maybe the week after I'm going to have this video put together Um, so we're going to talk about Bob again in a couple of weeks Um, but it is I know it's important to his wife Diane and his son Brian as well as to all of us here to keep his memory alive Um, and I'm glad that we have the ability to do that that he may be gone he is certainly not forgotten he's not forgotten in anything that we do um i cannot host this show without looking at him because if you switch back to craigshot uh you'll see in the background there uh kevin john uh did uh, a sketch of bob that hangs permanently in that space in the nook um because that's the part like i said that's the part of the uh uh, that's the part of the studio that Bob would be in. That's the part where Bob would be most comfortable. Not that he wasn't comfortable on camera, but he loved being behind the scenes. So, with that, let's go ahead and uh, move on to rapid fire.
1: Okay, I know we're running no, very hard well. It's hard to come out
0: of that. <laughs> it is, it is. I probably should have done that in different order, but...
1: All right, I know we're running late, so I'm going to well, do mine quick. Uh, there's a new offer at alani stay for three nights get one night free if you book early you get a one-time 150 dollars resort credit this is a very good deal take advantage of it if you can you have to book by june 20th 2018 good for most nights august 20th through december 21st so that's a really long nice promotion um And if you look by June 20th, you get that one time $150 resort credit. So, uh, really, really good deal. Not good for um, suites, three bedroom grand villas, things like that. So, definitely take advantage of that if you're interested in a trip to Alani. You should
0: go. Go now. Awesome. Go now. Thank you, John. Kevin.
2: I don't know if any of you have ever heard of something called a Harvey bag or a seatbelt bag. I brought one with me to show you. They are, um, this is a backpack, and they are bags made out of actual seatbelts. I found my first one in the Disney Studios store on one of our Backstage Magic, and I became fascinated by them. It's a company that was started by a husband and wife. He restored cars for a living. He restored a baby blue car for his wife, current restrictions and made him put seatbelts in it, couldn't find baby blue seatbelts, and the only way he could buy them was to buy an entire roll of seatbelts. They wouldn't just make him a couple feet of it. So he bought the entire roll. He had much of the seatbelt left over and took it to a tailor who created matching luggage to match his his wife's car. They took the car to a car show or several car shows, and what everybody was fascinated was by the luggage. Not the car so much as the luggage that he made that matched the car, made out of seatbelts. I am a huge fan. They are indestructible. They're really reasonably priced. Um, a bag like this is a hundred bucks. They, you can't destroy them. It's. They're made out of seatbelts. The husband and wife are going to be at Walt Disney World. They're making, they do a lot of appearances out on the West Coast because that's where they live. They're going to be here Friday and Saturday, May 4th and 5th, Saturday from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m., and Saturday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. It is the Harveys. uh, And they are releasing a, they do a lot of collaboration with Disney. I'm sure if you've been in any of the stores, you can see the Disney bags that they make. But they're releasing a whole line of Steamboat Willie stuff. So, and it's this name of the store is Ever After. Is that am I right? right? in
1: Disney Springs.
2: In Disney Springs. What I, did I say? Ever After. The Ever After store. Um, they're going to be there if you would like to meet them, and they're going to release a whole new line of Steamboat Willie stuff. Cool. That's it. I'm a real big fan. I have a bunch of their stuff, and. No wear, no tear, no nothing. So,
0: Awesome. Thank you, Kevin. Charles.
3: Okay. Uh, Real quick. Guests staying at Walt Disney World Resort hotels during the months of July and August will get to experience extra magic hours for Disney's Hollywood Studios. And that does include attractions at Toy Story Land. Um, most of the extra magic hours are going to be morning hours, which are going to run from 7 to 8 a.m., but select Friday nights, um, there there will be evening hours that run from 10.30 p.m. to 12.30 a.m., hmm. um, and that's pretty much the long and short of it. Awesome. Thank you, Charles. Steve
6: Uh, starting on May 7th there will be a refurbishment to the bridge near the uh, Swan and Dolphin Hotel Uh, this will cause a temporary closure to the Friendship boat service uh, to Disney's Hollywood Studios from guests at the Boardwalk, Yacht Club and Beach Club and the Swan and Dolphin Uh, you can still walk there's the walkway that can go to um, Hollywood Studios that doesn't use the bridge on the other side Um, and there will be bus transportation
0: all right. Thank you, Steve. Uh, Craig.
6: Okay. Uh, when American Idol
5: did their first ever Disney night on Sunday night, I believe it was, mm-hmm. I don't, we were on an airplane, so I'm not quite sure. They also debuted their new group, their new acapella group, <laughs> Capella or decapella. I don't know quite sure how it was pronounced because I haven't watched it back yet, but uh, essentially they put, Disney has put together an acapella supergroup that will <laughs> tour around in 2019 and sing acapella versions of Disney songs. I listened to the one they released on YouTube, did not see them on the show, but I feel like they're about five years too late, and it was just I'm sure people will go. Good luck to them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you kinda know how Craig feels about yeah, it. Yeah, we so.
1: saw we actually saw the show. I was not impressed by them. I didn't think it was just weird. It, it's it's one of again, I think it's something that's come and gone already.
5: Yeah, they they are all very talented singers. Right. But the whole a cappella fad is just so far gone at this point. It's
2: And their name bad. is the a da Acapella. Da, ah. acapella. <laughs> Like something
1: got
0: caught in my throat. <laughs> All right, thank you, Craig Rhino. Uh,
4: so, Disney Springs has introduced or is introducing a new bourbon trail um, starting today, May 1st. Um, you can stop by the Welcome Center uh, at Disney Springs for a trail passport, then try several different bourbon inspired beverages and food pairings at locations throughout Disney Springs. Um, there's House of Blues, Splitsville, Bongos, Planet Hollywood, uh, SDK, Enzo's Hideaway, the Edison. Paradiso 37, Raglan Road, Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar, The Boathouse, Paddlefish, Polite Pig, Frontera Cocina are all listed. Uh, Deluxe Burger as well. Jeez. And then uh, Chef Art Smith's Homecoming. It sounds like maybe you're not supposed to do it all in one day. I would (laughs)
1: hope not. How many people are going (laughs) to stop at that first stop and just get drunk? Yeah, right. (laughs) Just stay here and drink.
4: um, The the items are special to the Bourbon Trail, which is going to be only available May 1st through June 17th, which it sounds like you're going to need quite a few days to make your way through this. So (laughs) get on it now, I guess. If you want to check out the full list of items and stuff that's available, you can head over to www.info.com for more of that information. Are
2: they advertising this as, like something you should, you should do the entire thing or stop into a bar and have one of these bourbon drinks?
4: No, it's a
0: passport, so you're it's a trail. to like check it so, off as you go. A it's
4: a trail.
2: Yeah. It's the
0: bourbon trail. Pump yeah, bourbon pump. trail. So Two
2: things I love, bourbon and hiking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, thank you, Rhino, and that is going to do it for our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next Tuesday with another episode of The Dis Unplugged. Have a great week, everybody, and remember, stay out of the damn lakes.